Well, good evening, everyone. It is good to be here. It is uh, such an honor. I regret deeply I was not able to make it for this morning. International travel can just be a headache sometimes, and we've been through the ringer uh, going on about 40 hours of no sleep, but uh, I'm full of the Holy Spirit and caffeine, so uh, they're both going to help me uh, tonight, Um, but you uh, have a great church. You have great leadership with Pastor Christian and and the team here and his whole family. What a beautiful family. Uh, What an amazing leader that you have, and it's been my joy to get to know him the past 12 months. And, uh, And we are here to talk about this week how we can start more churches in the U.K. The U.K. needs more churches. America needs more churches. Because the, uh, the, the gospel alive in the local church is the hope of the world. And uh, we have the answers to the world's problems. And, uh, and I can feel the presence of God here. We need more places like this all over the UK. You know, this journey, the past 36 hours has been crazy. It canceled flights and no sleep. And we landed, got our bags. My new friend Simon has been treating us so well. Uh, brought us right here. Uh, didn't know if I was going to have the opportunity to actually speak. Found out just a couple of hours ago, actually. Christian said, yes, come on. Uh, if you've got a word, speak. I said, okay, let me get a shower and I'll be right over there. And, and I walk in here uh, all glassy-eyed. He actually said, as I'm getting out of the car, you look tired. Hello to you too, Christian. Uh, and uh, so I'm walking in, not really knowing where I'm at, a little disoriented. And I hear the worship. And I hear you singing. And I'm just all of a sudden in the presence of God and among friends. Not just among friends, I'm among family. And I've never met you, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ, part of the family of God. And there's nothing like the church. Different countries, different communities, different backgrounds and journeys along, different stories. But when we begin to worship God together, we are the same. We are united in Christ. And I felt that. And, uh, and I'm just honored to be here. And I uh, feel like God's got a word. God knew. And I feel like God's got a word for us tonight. So if you would, if you brought your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. I want to talk to you about this story in Scripture. I want to tell you a little bit about my story. And I think God wants to talk to you about your story as well. I love this series that we're in, Stories That Live. You know, every one of us has a unique story. God's writing a story with our lives, whether we realize it or not. And maybe not everybody loves the story that's being written right now in your life. Maybe you don't like the chapter that you're in. Maybe you look ahead and you're wondering how this story is going to go. You're a little apprehensive to turn the page to the next chapter because you're worried, is the same old story going to continue in my life because it's been a little rough lately? I've got some pain in my story And so far, nothing's changed for me. Maybe some of you feel like you've got a boring story, nothing to see here, not really a page turner at all. But you know what? God God has a very unique and powerful, a beautiful story that he's writing with your life. And he's waiting for a group of people to understand what it is to look ahead to the next chapter of the story full of faith. Full of faith. See, I don't know where, you at, where you're at in your story, but God has an amazing next chapter for you. God has a new chapter he wants to write with Arena Church. 
God has a new chapter he wants to write with your family. And no matter where you've been, no matter what your story has has been like so far, God is wanting us to lift our chin, to look ahead, and talk about tomorrow. He wants to give us a little bit of extra faith for tomorrow because I believe what the world needs, I believe, Pastor Christian, what this community needs is a group of people full of faith about tomorrow. Come on, what do you think about tomorrow? When you consider tomorrow, what's ahead for you? What's ahead for your family? When you think about the future of Arena Church, what kind of thoughts do you have? You know, what we believe about tomorrow impacts how we live today. What we believe about tomorrow impacts how we live today. Are we full of faith? Or are we scared, nervous, apprehensive, stuck in our story? God wants people to be full of faith about tomorrow, and that's exactly the message that he had for these people in the book of Joshua. Now, as we come to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, you kind of probably know a little bit about the story. You've got the people, uh, the nation of Israel, 400 years of captivity in Egypt, right? Okay, God delivers them from from, uh, Egypt, and he's got this great story for them. He's got this promised land that he wants to take them to because he's got a tomorrow for them that's good. But they let doubt, insecurity, fear, they let what they can see in the natural get in the way of what God wanted to do in the spiritual. And so after 400 years of captivity, guess what? 40 more years of wandering in the desert because they disobeyed. They didn't have enough trust in God's tomorrow for them. So now, 400 years of captivity, 40 years walking around in the desert. I mean, this is a beat down, tired people. Now Moses, their leader, he's dead. God raises up a new leader, and they're standing on the banks of the Jordan River. Their tomorrow is right there. Their promised land is right across the river. It's so close, but to these people full of discouragement, it feels like it's still so far away. You ever had something so close you could taste it, it's right there, but it just gets taken away from you? Tonight I was, uh, or last night, I don't know when it was now, I'm sitting, I'm getting ready to board the airplane, and we were on, we were one and two on the upgrade list for business class. Now, I don't know if you travel very much, but for a guy my size, business class is a big deal. Because people, you can lay flat in business class and you can sleep. You cannot do that back in the cattle car, back in coach. So they call me up. They said, you've made it. They give me a new ticket and my wife, and we are sitting in the lap of luxury in business class. I'm looking at the menu. I'm reclining my chair. I'm thinking this flight's going to be no thing. I'm going to sleep for nine hours. And then here comes the stewardess to tell me, sir, there's been a mistake. We're sorry, but we actually can't give you this seat. We're going to need you to get up and move back into coach. you got to be kidding me. It was so close. I could taste it. I could taste a good night's sleep. I could taste the filet they were going to bring me back to the cattle car, and it was just right there. But it got taken away. For these people, 440 years of hearing about the promise, hearing about where God wanted to take them, how good it was going to be, the land of milk and honey, only to seem that like time after time it was taken away. So they're standing on the edge of the Jordan River. Their promise is right on the other side, but it still feels so far away. 
And here's what it says in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Listen to this. Since you have never been this way before. Ever been in a situation in life where you're staring at your tomorrow and you're full of apprehension and anxiety because you've just never been this way before? You've never had to navigate these problems. You've never had to step into these kinds of waters. You've never dealt with the situations that all of a sudden you're facing. That was these people here. God says, follow the ark, follow my presence, because you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And then verse 5, here's our message tonight. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. That's an Old Testament word for get ready. Get ready. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Arena Church, what do you believe in about tomorrow? So, Lord, we pause and we give, your, we give you thanks. Your word is true then. It's true today, and it's true forever. You have a word you want to speak to us tonight about tomorrow. It is no accident that you have arranged this meeting in this moment. Speak to us, O oh God, about tomorrow. Speak to us about our nation. Speak to us about our families. Speak to us about our church, O oh God, that you would open our eyes wider, extend the compassion and the loves in our hearts to a greater way, lift our chins to see into to the Tomorrow you are creating for us, oh God, let it be. In your name we pray, amen. So my story is I'm the result of a mistake. I'm the result of a mistake. See, I'm the result of an unwanted pregnancy. About 40 years ago, some young girl got herself in a situation that she did not anticipate. She made a mistake, and when she held up that pregnancy test, it wasn't praise Jesus. It was, oh no, what am I going to do now? Teenage mom facing the prospects of having a a baby. Thankfully, she had the courage to give me up for adoption. And God allowed me to be adopted by two godly parents who raised me to know Jesus and to serve him. So somebody's mistake became my message. And aren't you glad mistakes can be redeemed? Amen. And maybe you have a similar story of how the devil wanted one thing to happen to your life, but Jesus got involved, kicked the devil in the teeth, and showed off his glory in your life and wrote for you a great story. We could go around the room, and there's people in who could probably testify of the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. A redeemed story, a mistake redeemed for God's glory. And I'm blessed. I mean, I'm telling you, as I come up on my 40th birthday, I'm I'm blessed. I've had the opportunity to pastor two great churches and preach in places all over the world and see thousands of people make a decision to follow Jesus. I'm raising three awesome little ball-headed boys. I'm husband to one great wife, my wife, Kara. And as I look back on my life, I just see, man, the hand of God. God is so good. But then I look ahead, and sometimes I get scared. 
It's easy to look back and sometimes think, man, God's good. I was scared back then, and and God came through. And, man, that time, I didn't know what was going to happen then, but praise God, he did a miracle. And you look back at all these things that God did. But then when you look ahead, and the story hadn't been fully written yet, and you don't know what's going to happen, and you're facing uncertainty, and like these Israelites, you're stepping into some new waters. Then all of a sudden, you can let doubt creep in, and and fear creeps in, and I'm telling you, I've been there many, many times in my life. I don't know what it is. You look back, you're full of faith. You look ahead, all of a sudden, oh, God, are you going to come through for me this time? It's amazing how that happens. I remember a time when God spoke so clearly to me that he wanted me to dedicate my entire life to telling other people about Jesus. Like, this was going to be my whole life. And there was this excitement that came over me. But then all of a sudden, after some time passed, doubt creeps in. And I start thinking, Lord, I can't lead my way out of a paper sack. I hate speaking in, in public. I'm terrified. You can't, surely, you can't use me. And I started feeling like I wasn't somebody that God could use, and my story almost took this whole different direction because the enemy was lying in my ear. And then God showed up one night alone in my room as I'm contemplating my future. He convicts my heart in such a a very clear way, and he says, Chris, because I was wasting my life. I was wasting time. Insecurity was playing itself out in apathy and fear for me. God said, Chris, If you don't take the call that I've given you seriously, I will use somebody else to do what I have called you to do. Because my purposes will go forward with or without you. So, Chris, I've given you a call. I'm writing a story. You can take it serious. You can get with it. You can trust me. Or I'll use somebody else to do what I've called you to do. That so broke my heart. Because all I want to do is please God. That so broke my heart that I said, God, if you can use me, do it. And he gave me this verse, this, this Joshua 3, 5, that has become this, I don't know, I guess it's like my life verse. And it says, if you'll consecrate yourself, if you'll do your part, if you'll prepare like I've told you to prepare, if you'll just keep putting one step in front of the other, if you'll just trust me, I will do what you can't do. I will bring the miracle. Arena Church, you cannot reach this community on your own. You cannot raise the money. You cannot share your faith with boldness enough. You can't build a a big enough building. You will not be able to do it on your own. You can't raise your kids godly enough. You don't know how. You don't have what it takes. But if you'll just be obedient to do what God is asking you day by day to do, He will do what you can't do. He will bring the miracle. He will do the amazing thing. That's His Word. That's what He says right here, consecrate yourself. You do what you can do and let me do what only I can do. Get ready because tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things. I think that's a prophetic word for this church. Tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things. If you could ask one thing of God in your life right now, I mean, bring it, to your, bring it to your attention. Bring it to your mind. If you could pray one bold prayer for your family, what would it be? Arena Church, if you, could, if you could believe God for the impossible, what would that look like for your church? 
can we just start getting those things right here, put them at the center of the table and say, God, we could never do that thing. But if all you're asking me to do is take one step today, well, I can do that. And then I'll trust you with this, this miracle that I could never do on my own. Get ready. Get ready for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And that's exactly what he's telling Israel here in this passage. This is a people that have been beat down. They're tired. I mean, they're frustrated, discouraged, bitter, probably angry, wondering if their story is ever going to change. I mean, 500 years is a long time to be oppressed, persecuted, and wandering around. That's a long time. They lived a rough and, and sad story. They had heard about the promises. And, you, know, you grow up hearing about what God did yesterday, hearing from your parents and your grandparents the stories of the past in the church, but you've never experienced it. Maybe you've never seen it. That, that's these people. They'd heard the stories, but they'd never seen it in their own lives, and they're wondering, God, is the story ever going to change? And so here they come to the edge of their promise, and it's still feels so far away. I mean, first of all, it's at flood stage. So I've been to the Jordan River, and I'm telling you, you can almost jump over it, except at flood stage. It's a mile wide. You've got hundreds of thousands of Israelites thinking, how are we going to get across that? We can't build enough dinghies or little boaties to get us across this big old river. What are we going to do? How are we going to get across? Even if we could get across, do you know the size of those armies? Do you know the fortified cities? They're going to crush us. So even if we could overcome this obstacle, we're face-to-face with a brand-new obstacle. What's the point? Come on, ever been there? What's the point? There's no no hope. It's just going to all unravel. It's going to all fall apart. So close they could taste it, but still so far away. And the direction that God leads us sometimes can feel that way, can feel scary. These people probably groaned. We know they complained. They probably posted nasty stuff on Facebook about their leadership, why they were here in the first place. That's a lot for Joshua to have to deal with. But but like a good leader, he hears from God. Men, hear from God for your family. Lead them into a new future. Lead them into a better tomorrow. Leaders of this church, hear from God about the future of this church and lead this church into a better tomorrow. Joshua got a word from God, and he gathers as many people, I imagine, as, as he could gather that would hear his voice, and he probably stood up on something that, that was a little taller, and he says, hey, listen up. I've gotten a word from God. Here's what he says. And we've been going around making all the preparations and, and doing all these things, but let me, let me give you the word right now from God. Here's what he says, Israelites who are discouraged and beaten down and doubting whether we're ever going to get to the promised land and whether tomorrow will ever be good. Here's what God says. Get ready. When Israel heard the word consecrate, they knew God was about to do a miracle. And they went through this whole process of getting ready. Get ready, Israel, because tomorrow the Lord is going to do miracles among you. And he filled them with anticipation in expectation about what God was going to do. What kind of story is your life telling? The people that interact with you, do they see someone bogged down by the circumstances of today with a scarcity mentality, 
groaning and complaining about what's going on today? Or do they see people full of expectation and anticipation about tomorrow? Come on, there's enough to be concerned about. There's enough for us to get discouraged about. Turn on the TV. Have you seen our presidential candidates in America? Come on, have you seen? All right, we got reason to be concerned across the pond, and we all do, right? There's reasons for us to grumble and complain and post nasty things on Facebook. Today's chapter may be wearing you down, but will we be a people who live not based on what we can see today, but faith in the God who sees all things and is leading us in to a tomorrow that is miraculous. And when this community begins to see people full of anticipation, they say, how can you, how can you uh, go to that church? And how can you sing those songs? And how can you smile on your face? Because I know the doctor's report you just got about your wife. I know what's going on with your kids. I know you just got laid off from your job. I know what's been going on. How can you still look like you do? And you say, yeah, I I know. It looks bad, but let me just tell you about what I believe God's going to do tomorrow. Come on, let me talk about tomorrow for a minute, because I serve a big God who wants to do big things tomorrow. Today is full of all kinds of stuff, but tomorrow, God, for faithful people, wants to do something amazing. And and, and in this passage, there's three quick things I'm going to end with that kind of help us have more faith for tomorrow and get ready for the miraculous things that God wants to do. There's three quick things that I I think are in this passage that I just want to share with you. And and the first one is this, number one, if we want to write an amazing story, if we want to see God do amazing things, we've got to, number one, we've got to get ready. That is active, not passive. That's not sitting back and saying, oh, I hope God does something because things don't look good right now and I just don't know. I guess I'll keep going to that church because it's what I've always done and I guess I'll keep doing the same old thing and God's just going to have, we've got to get ready. God said to the Israelites, consecrate yourselves. There were very specific things that they did. They wore certain clothes. They abstained from certain things. They prayed certain prayers. It was an active participation process in what God was doing in the story that he was writing. I wonder what it would look like for you to get ready. What does it mean for you to get your heart ready for what God wants to do tomorrow? Some of you may need to say you're sorry to somebody. Some, some of you may need to leave this place and pick up the phone and call somebody you know you should have called weeks ago and apologize. Some of you may need to forgive someone that hurt you a long time ago. Some of you may need to deal with some pride in your heart, some confession. Some of you may need to get your life right with God. And don't expect a a miracle from God when you're walking in disobedience today. What we believe about tomorrow affects how we live today. Are we going to get ready in our hearts and in our church and in our homes and in our families for what God wants to do tomorrow? So I ask you to to consider over the days ahead, what does it mean for you to get ready for what God wants to do? And number two, you've got to obey the word. This is a huge one. I know it's cliche, obey the word. Listen to to what it says in Joshua chapter one. I'm going to read some verses to you. I'm going to ask you to focus and lock in on this point right here. Obey the word. Joshua one verse two. 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Uh-oh. I wonder what that means for tomorrow. Not good. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. There it is. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Arena Church, where are you going to set your foot? Where are you going to set your foot in this nation and in this community? God is willing to give you where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. I know it just sounds like a bunch of places. But understand what God is doing. He is casting vision about tomorrow, the land. He is about to give them the territory in their lives. He's about to give them. Come on, personalize that tonight, Arena Church. No one will be able to stand against you. Who? No one. How about that for a word, a word from God tonight? No one will stand against you all the days of your life, because as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never, how often? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes it feels like he's left us. You cannot trust your feelings. Just because you can't see God working doesn't mean God is not working. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to them. So be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. For your success, Arena Church, obey the law. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God tells them to be faithful to his word because his word is the life that we have in in our beings. His word is everything to us. The cause of original sin. The cause of all the pain in our lives is we doubt God's word. Think about it. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. What did God say? Enjoy everything. Don't eat from that tree. What did the enemy say? Surely he didn't mean that. Surely he wouldn't actually kill you. Come on. And by the way, who is he to keep you from all that good stuff? Anyway, Satan tried to get them to doubt God's word. And when they doubted God's word, everything unraveled in their lives. Satan only has this one trick. He will try to get you to doubt God's word. And if he can get you to doubt God's word, things will begin to unravel in your life. Stay true to his word. Obey his word so that it will go well with you. You want a great story tomorrow? You want God to do miracles? Get ready. And obey his word. And number three, and we're done. Believe God for a miracle. When you're standing on the edge of promise and you can't see how it's all going to work out, you have three choices. You can give up and turn back. You can become full of doubt and fear. Or you can move forward actually believing God will do something amazing in his life, in your life. I'm talking about real faith. Hope in the, in the living God. Understanding that setbacks are just a set up for God to do something great in your life. Church, we need to be people of faith. 
This world needs us to be people of faith, people who are constantly looking ahead to tomorrow, who are standing true on God's word, and who are always believing, no matter what today says, I believe God can do a miracle. Church, I don't know where you're at tonight, personally, and in your family. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your story is like right now. But I believe God brought me all the way here to tell you he sees you, he loves you, he hasn't forgotten about you, he's close to you, and he would say to you, get ready, because tomorrow, tomorrow, your son or your daughter is going to come back to me. Tomorrow, I'm going to give you that job that you've been praying for. Tomorrow, I'm going to heal your body. Tomorrow, I'm going to open up 10 campuses, not just one more campus. Tomorrow, I'm going to start a whole new revival in the United Kingdom that would once again spread to America, that would once again spread all over the world. Tomorrow, tomorrow, what do you believe about tomorrow? It impacts how we live today. So, Father, it's a holy moment. This is a burning bush moment. It's not an accident that we're here. You knew who would be here. You know every line and every chapter of their story. Tonight there are some here that need to get their lives right with you once and for all. And that's their part to get ready for the miracle that you're going to do. Some in here, Lord, just need to have their faith lifted again because they've, they've lost some faith about tomorrow. Lord, Lord, some need a miracle right here tonight, and I'm praying that you would intervene and do a miracle. So we're going to pray, God, and I just ask you to speak. Tonight, if you're here with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are here and you would say, Pastor Chris, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me as you've been talking. I've, I already knew. You didn't even have to hardly say a word. I knew I had to get my life right with God walking into this place. I felt his presence just like you did. And I know where I've been. And I know if I don't get things right where I'm going. But I'm here tonight to get things right with God. If that's you, with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, you just raise your hand before God and just say, yeah, that's me. I want to pray a prayer to get right with God tonight. Amen. Amen. Yep, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Hallelujah. Yes, sir, I see your hand. God loves you so much. Hallelujah. He's increasing the faith. He's redeeming what's been broken. He's bringing, breathing life over dead places tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you would say, Pastor Chris, I've, I've kind of let my life get apathetic. I'm kind of stuck in a spiritual rut. And yeah, I'm showing up, but there's nothing alive in me spiritually. I need to have my faith awakened. If that's you and you just need a, a breath from God into your heart life tonight, would you just raise your hand and say, I need my faith extended. Come on, raise your hand if that's you. If you need a, a faith tonight to believe for tomorrow, let me see your hand if that's you. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you're here tonight and you need a miracle, Financial, emotional, physical, you're in pain in your body, you're sick. If you're here tonight and you need a miracle from God, he parted the Jordan, he brought those people to the promised land. The same God that did that is the same God that can heal your body, restore your mind, heal that relationship. If you're here and you need a miracle tonight, would you raise your hand? I want to include you in my prayer. Hallelujah, all over the place. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. The body of Christ, 
full of faith for tomorrow. So, Lord, we come to you right now. Your word is true. You've spoken life to us tonight. I pray for those who raise their hand, the three people, to get their lives right with you. Forgive them of their sin. Help them to feel right now forgiven, redeemed, and like they are a son and a daughter of grace. Tonight, I pray. Let this be a line in the sand. No going back, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray for those who need an an explosion of faith in their heart, Lord. They've gotten a little apathetic. Oh, God, right now, breathe new life into them. Let their faith rise for the situations that they face. Oh, God, let their eyes see tomorrow, the tomorrow that you have for them, I pray. And, Lord, for those who need a miracle, Lord, some need a financial miracle. I know it. I feel it in my spirit. There are those concerned about their financial future. There are those concerned about their family. We have come with burdens tonight, Lord, emotionally. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do a miracle in the lives of the people who raised their hand and said, I need God to write a new chapter in my story. Do what I pray in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that every nation will bow to, the name that no government can rise above. You, Lord, are the King of kings, and you're the Lord of lords. Let Arena Church rise with faith to reach this community. I pray over Pastor Christian and his entire family, Lord. I know the enemy would want to come against him. I know the enemy would want to tear down his children. I know the enemy that would want to come against his marriage. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around Pastor Christian and his family. Give him the anointing and the vision to lead. I pray. Let him to be able to see the tomorrow you have for Arena Church. We are a humble and broken people. And we submit our lives to the tomorrow that you have for us. Thank you for writing stories with our lives that live. Amen and amen.